Welcome to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in their lives. And it's a place where your questions about faith and religion can be answered. And now, here's your host, Deacon Al. Thank you, John, and welcome to Good News. This is Deacon Al. I'm a permanent deacon here in the Diocese of Peoria, serving parishes in Bloomington Normal. And it's always a pleasure to join you each weekend here on Good News, where we we open the gospel from the Mass and and talk about its meaning in our life today, not just what it meant uh, in Jesus' time, but how it affects us right now, especially how it affects the lives of young people. And uh, certainly uh, our gospel today has, has speaks to that in, in, in great detail. And I'm going to share some things going on in, in my life as well. We'll start with uh, It's Spring. And I know it's been kind of rainy and kind of cold. It's spring. And I can tell because my gardens are really coming to life. It's been incredible. So just three days ago, four days ago, four days ago, uh, we had a pretty sunny day. And I, I had time before Mass. I thought, well, I'm going to put out my peony cages so these little wire frames to keep my peonies standing up. Uh, once they get these huge blooms on them, they tend to want to droop over. So uh, you cage them. So uh, I went around and not only caged them, I caged a few other plants that, that have a tendency to, to weep over when I want them to stand up taller. And I set these about four to six inches above the top of the peony at the time. That was just four days ago. You cannot see the cages cannot see them. These plants have grown eight inches in four days. I can almost hear them growing from inside the house. They're coming up so fast. And of course, I've got all kinds of uh, spring flowers, tulips, and such blooming through the yard. And and it's just been beautiful. So this is a good time to bloom. And a a lot of you are are coming into a time where you're going to bloom. You're you're heading to graduation very shortly. And uh, for many of you, your lives are going to change. Even if you're staying at the same school, you're heading into a new year, new challenges, new activities, uh, new friends, maybe losing some friends uh, to, to moves and changes or changes of school and gaining new friends. So it's a really great time of growth for you as well. So take advantage of that. Uh, really, really embrace that change and that opportunity to uh, become something new. Let Let the old things die away and and, and really nourish the good things in your life uh, that, that bring you closer to your family and closer to your friends and, and closer to your God. And let this be a time of growth uh, for you as well. Uh, take, take a little tip from, from nature. God put it there for a reason. Uh, it's, it's there to, to teach us and, and to uh, nourish us. So I, I hope you have this spring. I hope you have a fruitful spring that brings a lot of new growth uh, to your life in in more ways than one. We have uh, a lot going on in the church right now. We're into Easter season. It's a time right now for, uh, we just had a lot of new people join the church. Just in the Peoria Diocese, we had hundreds join the Catholic faith. Really fantastic. It's such a beautiful thing to see and to welcome them uh, into into their Catholic home. It's also a time for First Communions and Confirmation. I know my eighth graders are, are getting confirmed uh, tonight, and so we have Bishop Tilka coming in uh, to uh, for them to receive that uh, sacrament from. So that's, that's always a big occasion when we have uh, one of the uh, predecessors of the apostles join us. 
So uh, we, we look forward to, uh, to spending some time with, with the bishop this evening. And then this weekend, we've got uh, a lot of our young people getting their first communion. And really, uh, this is the first sacrament they've received since their baptism. And so they're really now coming into their own as Catholics. And uh, that's, that's a great time uh, for these young people. So I'm, I'm excited about being able to be uh, participating in, in both of those sacraments. I also have a wedding going on this weekend. It's busy. I thought Holy Week was busy. This weekend's just been out of this world with, between rehearsals and, and liturgies and sacraments. Uh, it's just been an incredible time. And, uh, and I'm a little worn. I'm a little frazzled. And I need some rest. And that's part of what today's gospel is about. We see the the apostles in that same sort of, of of a very frustrating time in their lives, and we're going to see how they handle it and and uh, what role uh, Christ plays in that. And in the same way, in your life, when when your life gets frazzled, what role does Christ play? So we'll talk about that uh, when we come back from a, a short break. I do want to remind you before we go that we'd love to hear from you here on on Good News. Uh, we'd love to talk about the Catholic faith and about our, our Christian community. And if you have a question about your Catholic faith or about Christianity in general, uh, things you agree with, things you disagree with, things you want to know more about, uh, drop us drop us a, an email. We would love to hear your questions and comments and talk about them here on the air. So you can write to me. Uh, we have a special email box set up called goodnews at catholicspiritradio.org. And we'll get your questions and answer them here on the air whenever we have time. Uh, and, and I love especially to hear from teenagers because teenagers have the best questions. Uh, I, I field questions all the time. I get emails daily from uh, young people and, and older people. And I have to be honest with you, the, the older people tend to ask the same type of questions, and they tend to be very legalistic about our faith. And this is not a faith of, of legalism. This is a, a faith of beauty and love and truth. And that tends to be what teenagers ask more about. And so I would love to talk to you about those things. So no matter what your age, uh, please know that you can contact us and we would love to field your questions and uh, bring you bring you closer into your Catholic faith uh, if we possibly can. We're about to look into the gospel for this weekend and talk some about it, uh, talk about it and how it affects our lives today. And let's set the stage as to what's going on here before we read this, because this is a pretty involved gospel, a little lengthy, and it, but it has a lot of good stuff in it. So at this point in 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 the life of the apostles, um, Jesus has suffered through the passion, crucified on the cross died and has now been resurrected and has appeared to them on a couple of occasions as himself, very uh, easily to distinguish him as their friend Jesus, as their their teacher and rabbi. Uh, he's come to them uh, twice now in a locked room with the, the door barred and the windows closed and locked, and Jesus has appeared in their midst. And in their last visit, he uh, he breathed on them as you'll, uh, as you may remember from our last gospel reading, and shared with them his authority to heal sins, to forgive sins. So much of Christ's ministry was a ministry of healing, and a lot of those healings it wasn't just a physical healing; 
It almost always started with a spiritual healing, where he first forgave sins. He made the person whole with God before he uh, made them whole within their own body. And so this ministry of healing needs to continue. And so he has now shared that authority with his apostles. And of course, it wouldn't make any sense for him to establish a church that was going to last uh, for the life of mankind, but leave his apostles with a sacrament that was only going to last through their lifetime. And so these authorities are shared through what we call apostolic succession. So as apostles were, as the church was growing and they needed more apostles to go out and, and establish more churches, or as apostles retired either from their own choice or uh, by the edge of a sword or the flame of a of a pyre or uh, in some cases uh, another crucifix uh, they needed to be replaced and so they would select from among um, the the faithful other men to be uh, apostles we call them today bishops those are those are the successors of the original apostles in fact the word bishop is used in scripture to identify uh, men like Timothy, who were successors of, of the apostles. So now, th- now these apostles have gathered, uh, and they don't know what to do. They don't know where they're going. Um, they've seen Jesus twice, and he's given them this authority. But what does that actually mean? What does he actually expect of them? What's the next step? And most importantly, if their leader is, is dead and, and will soon be going to heaven— um, who's going to guide them or what's going to guide them, and they don't know. So they're pretty confused, and that's where we, we pick up uh, the story today, uh, this gospel from John. So this is a reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. At that time, Jesus revealed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. He revealed himself in this way. Together were Simon Peter, Thomas called Didymus, Nathanael from Cana in Galilee, Zebedee's sons, uh, that would be James and John's, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll also come with you. So they all went out and got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. When it was already dawn, Jesus was standing on the shore, but the disciples did not recognize, did not realize that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, have you caught anything to eat? They answered him, No. So he said to them, Cast the net over the right side of the boat, and you'll find something. So they cast it, and were not able to pull it in because of the number of fish. So the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It's the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his garment, for he was lightly clad, and jumped into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, for they were not far from the shore, only about a hundred yards, dragging the net of fish with them. When they climbed out on the shore, they saw a charcoal fire with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you just caught. So Simon Peter went over and dragged the net ashore, full of 153 large fish. Even though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come, have breakfast. And none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they realized it was the Lord. Jesus came over and took the bread and gave it to them, and in like manner the fish. 
This was how the third time Jesus was revealed to his disciples after being raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. He then said to Simon Peter a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Simon Peter answered him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. Jesus said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had had said this to him a third time. Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my sheep. Amen, amen, I say to you, when you were younger, you used to dress yourself and go where you wanted. But when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. He said this signifying what kind of death he would glorify God with. And when he had said this, he said to him, Follow me. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So, what's going on here that, that we need to know about? Well, a lot of things. First of all, even though they're very fearful of reprisals against, the, against them by the uh, Jews and the Romans, after seeing Jesus twice now in their locked room, they finally have the courage to venture outside. But they didn't go out into town. They didn't go among the crowd. They went to the seashore. They went out where they could be alone but they stayed together as a group. And I think that's really important that they counted on each other as support. They weren't ready yet to leave each other's company and go their separate ways. They were, they were still safer. They felt safer and more confident staying together with their friends that they've been with for three years now. And they went to do something that they were familiar with. I mean, most of these men were fishermen. And so they went somewhere to do something familiar because they were really confused. I think you'd be confused too if someone you were really close to for so long, you watched them die, and then you also watched them come back to life uh, and, and make these mysterious appearances to you multiple times. You'd be fairly confused too. And so they're looking past the extraordinary now and trying to focus on the ordinary, trying to get themselves centered uh, and, and figure out what's going on. So they, they decide to go fishing. And as usual, they're going fishing at night. We see that example several times in Scripture when they're out in the boat at night. And because at that time, at that period of time, that's how you fished. Uh, fishing at night was, was much more profitable. Uh, the fish were easier to catch they're uh, they're not as deep in the water, so they can use a different type of fishing that's easy, easier to do, even though it's very difficult work. And I think it's important to remember, these are professional fishermen. These are men who grew up, as even as children, learned to fish. And to go out and fish all night long and get nothing. I mean, I'm just, I'm your average fisherman. You know, I've got a few rods and reels and and I, I like to head out to Lake Bloomington or to Dawson and, and drown a few worms from time to time. And I don't go expecting anything. And I'm still disappointed when I don't catch a thing. Can you imagine being a professional fisherman and spend hours of work and get nothing? 
So they've already disappointed before they went out on the water. And now they're coming back in, and they're they're even more disappointed. This is not a good day for the apostles. Things have not been going well for them for the last few weeks. But there's someone waiting on the shore for them as, as the sun comes up, who's inviting them to breakfast. And they have no idea who it is. They know it's not another fisherman. They would have recognized them. They're from the fishing community. I'm sure they knew all the other fishermen. And this fellow on the shore... When he questions them, and they have to admit they've got nothing, says, no, that's okay. Throw the net over the right side, and you'll get something. I mean, come on. Uh, that That's kind of squirrely to uh, to hear, and, and I'm sure they're wondering, well, what the heck? Nothing else has worked. Let's try it. And Scripture says they brought in uh, 153 large fish. So the first time I remember as a child hearing this uh, reading— my thought wasn't, wow, how fortunate. I'm thinking 153, not 150, not 154 or 160, a very specific number, 153 fish. You ever wonder why they, I mean, usually when they put a number in scripture, it has a specific purpose for that. Uh, numbers had meaning uh, in, in the Hebrew language. Uh, seven was a completeness, seven days of the week, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. So the number seven meant complete. The number 40 is purification. Uh, 40 days of the rain of Noah's Ark, uh, 40 years in the desert uh, for the Jews before they entered the Holy Land, 40 days in the desert uh, with Christ before he began his ministry, uh, 40 days before Mary could re-enter the temple after the birth of Jesus. These are all, these are all uh, examples of periods of purification. What's 153? That made no sense to me. So it was a while back I was reading a, a commentary from um, a, a, a theologian. And it turns out, and again, I've only heard this from one source. I, I haven't found it in any other source, but I found it pretty interesting. According to this theologian, at that time, there were 153 known species of fish. So what this what this is saying is they gathered in one of every everything in the in the ocean. Uh, this was a, a a sign of the Catholic Church that this was a church that was going to be that was going to cast a wide net and draw in peoples of all nations. So that's why the one fifty three. And I, I find that a, a little a fascinating little little sidebar. So they, they pull the fish into the shore. So what happens next? Uh, Jesus is sitting next to a charcoal fire, and he's going to question Peter three times about whether or not Peter loves him. That's kind of interesting. So let's go back just a few weeks before this encounter, maybe about two weeks before this encounter. We're outside of uh, Pilate's courthouse, and here's Peter uh, trying to see Jesus, who's been arrested. And what's Peter sitting next to? A charcoal fire. Scripture is very specific about that, a charcoal fire. And what happens while Peter sits there? He's questioned about whether or not he knows Jesus. And he denies knowing Jesus three times. So here's the opportunity for Peter to repent from his, his sin. 
Jesus is is recreating that situation for him. We're sitting next to a charcoal fire again, only this time, when we ask if you love me, now what are you going to answer? And Peter, of course, has a completely different answer than he had before. Uh, and he, and this is not, this is, a, and Jesus is speaking to him in a person, in, in the likeness of a person that isn't Jesus. So it's just like sitting at the fire originally where someone else is asking him, do you know this man? And now it's someone who doesn't look like Jesus, but who Peter recognizes as Jesus saying, do you love me? And it gives Peter three opportunities to admit his love for Christ, uh, opportunities that, that he missed the first time. And so Peter says, yes, I love you. You know I love you. You know everything. So you know in my heart that I love you. And Jesus says, feed my sheep, tend my sheep, lead my sheep, follow me. In the history of the Catholic Church, and you have to remember Catholic Church being the oldest of all the Christian churches, this is the moment that establishes, that one of the two moments that establishes uh, the papal authority of, of Peter. This is where Jesus lets the other apostles, as well as Peter, know that I'm, I'm looking to you to lead this movement, to, to lead my church here on earth. So this is a really important moment in, in the life of the apostles in Scripture. But where does that fit in our lives? Well, I, th- I think in a lot of places, one, it tells you when, you're, when things are tough in your life, when, when things are a mess, when things are chaotic, step out of that and step into some peace and quiet. Go to the shore, go to water. I know when I sailed, I, I could be having the worst day in the world, and it improved dramatically once I got on the water. There's just something very soothing about being out on the water, whether you're swimming or boating or fishing, there's just something very peaceful. And I always wondered what it was about water that for so many of us, even if it's soaking in a bath or or taking a, a hot shower, water just seems to calm us down. And a few years back, I was, I was on a retreat, a Jesuit re- re- retreat. And the retreat house was on a bluff overlooking the Mississippi River, at a very wide point of the Mississippi River, right outside of St. Louis. And my penance from my confession, the most interesting and the most useful penance I think I've ever had, uh, the priest said, I want you to go spend 30 minutes sitting in a comfortable chair outside our, our, our chapel here and watch the river. That was my penance. And I kind of looked at him like, what? That's, you know, I, I've, I've bared my soul to you, and my penance now is go watch the river. He says, you know, the, here's the beauty about, about the, the river. When you look at it this moment, he says, you might see something, you know, a, a piece of litter floating down the river or a log, a fallen tree, or even a barge. But in five minutes, it's gone. Whatever it was that, that, that was floating through that was causing a disruption in the scene, in five minutes, it's gone. The water you're looking at right now is not the same water that you see a moment from then. It, it changes. And, and the things that, that interrupt it 
keep moving past. You know, in our life, we have uh, floatsam, jetsam, uh, garbage floating in our floating in our river of life. Um, it's it's amazing if if you're just patient and and persevere, it passes, it floats by. And that was a point he was he was making to me about some of the sins and some of the regrets that I had about my life was this will pass. Be patient with yourself and allow allow God to do his work. The, the river is is God's creation. We didn't make that. And allow God's work to happen. And you'd be amazed how many of the troubles go by. I, I talk to a lot of teenagers and a lot of them have a lot of problems. It's it's a it's a hard world for teenagers. I, I would not want to be a teenager again. I mean, I had enough my challenges of my own as a teenager, but they're nowhere near to what they have now. And COVID, COVID has been such a pain. I look at the number of people who uh, what 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 this isolation that COVID has done has has really affected young people. It's hard. And we've got bullying in schools. There's the drug issues. There's sexuality issues. Um, it's a difficult time. Get out of that for a while. Go sit by the water. Go sit in a park. Um, I love to get a cup of coffee and go sit on my deck and just look at the gardens. I watch the birds come and go. I've got some ducks that walk through my yard, an occasional raccoon. And uh, just go sit and relax and be in God's creation. Get get your head out of the out of the video games or out of the computer, and get yourself back in tune with God's love for you, and that will help stabilize you. There's nothing else you can turn to that will help you as much as getting back in touch with your relationship with Christ. Without Christ, if you don't have a God. You'll create a God. Everybody has a God. If it's not God Almighty, then you're going to create a God. You'll create a God out of, I mean, you can see this in, in, in media, you'll create a God out of fame or the desire for fame or the desire for wealth <clears throat> or the desire for pleasure. These are the things that will become your God if you don't establish a real relationship with God. And that gets us back to this week being uh, we have so many sacraments going on, First Communion, and especially Confirmation. Um, if you're a teenager, a Catholic teenager, you've been confirmed, uh, those are special graces that you can call on to reestablish a relationship with, with God. Make good decisions, to make better decisions in your life, to have the strength that Peter had to say, I love you, Jesus, and, and you know, the ability to follow him all comes from that, that, uh, those graces of confirmation. So if I can leave you with anything this week, it's the good news that Christ loves you and is active in your life, but you need to cooperate. We all need to cooperate in, in order for this to, to really make a change in us. And no matter how hectic your life is, take time to spend some time with Christ, and together you can make it better. Always been a pleasure to uh, to meet with you on our weekends. I hope you have a, a great Easter time and look forward to talking to you again here on Catholic Spirit Radio. Until then, may God bless you, protect you from all evil, and bring you to everlasting life. Amen.
You've been listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio, a program for teens and almost teens to better understand that the gospel of Jesus Christ is relevant in your life. Submit your questions to Deacon Al at goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. That's goodnews at catholicspiritradio.com. Deacon will answer your questions about faith and religion. Thank you for listening to Good News on Catholic Spirit Radio.